welcome back to another episode of HBO Max. I'm your yeah. host, McKenna. Woo! Uh, I'm McKenna, and joining me as always is Brandon. How are you today, Brandon? I'm really excited to chill out this weekend. I've oh, yeah? had back-to-back <laughs> busy weekends. I The weekend before last, I drove up to Bend, Oregon. And then last weekend, I went to San Francisco for the weekend. So, like, one, first two weeks of football, I've barely gotten to watch any football. I've spent my Sundays driving. <laughs> so... Yeah, I'm, right. I'm excited to chill out this weekend. Oh, that's that's exciting. I'm I'm very I'm very happy for you. I don't I don't have golf this weekend, so I I too am very excited to for chill no golf weekend. Um, filled with homework, so you know how chill will it really be? Sweet. <laughs> oh yes. Um, this week, the the uh pet. I might be using this word right. We'll see. <laughs> Pedultimate <laughs> episode of Film Bro Week. Yes, you yes. are. Words. Um, we did the Aviator. Um, Martin Scorsese's my, The Aviator. Yes, Mister. Have we? Wait, no, that was Christopher Nolan. Have we done a Scorsese film yet? No, yes. I don't think no. so. No, I'm pretty so, sure we haven't. Like him, Christopher Nolan, like that batch of directors, they just get mixed in my head. Yeah. Everyone really. The, um. I will say this is the this is the biggest stretch on the film bro movie. Like I don't I wouldn't consider like the aviator like a super film bro movie, but we we wanted a Marty Scorsese movie in here because yeah. he is one of the ultimate film bro directors. Oh, absolutely. And like oh, we didn't want to make you watch Goodfellas again. <laughs> we know my and, history with Goodfellas. Yeah, and then and like we, we went we went through all the Martin Scorsese movies on HBO Max and there weren't that many. I was surprised. No. Um, and so, yeah, we decided to do The Aviator. Which, Aviator. Yeah. I remember yeah. being a Mar- Martin Scorsese movie. I thought one of his better movies when I watched it mm-hmm. originally. Yeah. Good, good, good movie. Before we get into our thoughts, I'm going to have some facts and figures for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I I bet you've got some good facts and figures because this is a movie about planes. So well, planes. I, well, yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> Movie came out Christmas 2004. Um, budget of 110 million buckaroonies. Made 213.7 million dollars in the box office. There were 11 Oscar nominations, uh, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor. It won five, um, including Best Supporting Actress for Kate Blanchett, which she is the first performer to win an Oscar for portraying an Oscar winner. So it's all, it's all connected. People, people uh, really love Kate Blanchett in this movie. Like she won so many awards for playing Catherine Hepburn. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she was good. Yeah, very good. It's, it's, it's one of those things. Like it's like the performance isn't anything particularly special other than that like Kate Blanchett was such a beloved actress mm-hmm. and she like just nailed it and yeah the, all all the awards she won all the awards for this movie she really did it, it yeah cuz there was also 14 BAFTA noms the best wow. yeah she won she won the best supporting actress yeah um there were two color processes in this movie which i i I didn't realize still after because i noticed the coloring was a little bit weird in like the first hour um especially during like when there was a lot of green like during the golf course Mm -hmm. scene yeah um 
And it was on purpose. So the yes. first 52 minutes um, was with early bipac color, or it was similar to how like early bipac color films were colored. So it was uh, two colors, so it was like mainly like red and cyan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the uh, events that took place after 1935 were three strip uh, Technicolor. And like as the movie went on, it got like the colors got there more yeah. vibrant and you actually that. get an example of the bipac color in the movie with the um hell's angels hell's angels yeah. is a black and white movie but has specific scenes in it that were tinted colors mm-hmm. to reflect certain you know things going on hell's angels is a dope movie <laughs> have you seen it yeah it's really oh. cool is it really yeah um uh, Jane Lynch was supposed to be in this movie. She was supposed to be Amelia Earhart, but her scenes got cut. Oh, they mentioned Amelia Earhart in the mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That would have been was. neat. The Jeopardy clue. Look, tonight, I think. Um, no? Yes, tonight. Pilot category. Uh, I digress. The the nightmare. <laughs> the theme after... Hepburn leaves Howard Hughes, and when uh, Ava Gardner confronts him about the bugging, a theme play is called Nightmare by Artie Shaw, which is the guy that um, Ava Gardner is having the affair with, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, wow, that's neat. (laughs) Yeah, I know! Um, And I'm going to hit you with a conspiracy theory. All right, buckle up. Okay. Howard Hughes did not die in 1976. Yeah, I've heard this. (laughs) Um, He allegedly faked his death and lived another 25 years and died in 01. Uh, He lived in a trailer outside uh, Troy, Alabama and used his connections with the CIA and the Las Vegas Mafia to conceal where he was and whatnot. Uh, He lived with a woman named uh, Eva McClellan. Um, and this is um, all according to, ooh, let me see if I can read my writing, uh, Major General Mark Music, uh, the Assistant Secretary to the Air Force. Yeah, I don't believe, I don't buy it. Yeah. Um, uh, this movie doesn't cover the end of Howard Hughes' life, but yeah. it was um, very specific um about how how he lived and where he lived and the things he was doing um i i really don't believe that elderly howard hughes would have ever left las vegas for anything in the world (laughs) so but it is neat and i mean it's what's really interesting about the conspiracy theory is that it's it's followed by another thing the movie doesn't cover about howard hughes's life there is another movie that talks about it, which is the um, the fictional biography scandal with Howard Hughes. Oh. Do you know about this, McKenna? No. This writer wrote a fake biography about Howard Hughes and claimed that Howard Hughes had talked to him on the phone and told him his life story over the phone. And he wrote this book, oh. essentially knowing that because Howard Hughes was such a recluse in his elderly age, he wouldn't refute the claims. And eventually, like months after the book had come out, Howard had heard about it and gave his first like appearance in like a decade to oh, wow. talk about how the book was fake. Oh, in, oh. 
Yeah, there's a, a movie with um, what's his name? The guy from Pretty Woman. Um, oh, I can't think of his name. Uh, but yeah, it's the, the that movie's kind of weird. But that that book controversy is um, really really interesting. I think they talked about it in um, the uh, F for Fake. I don't know if you've ever heard of that movie, but that's um, Orson Welles's uh, pseudo documentary about like. Um, fake paintings and other like scams throughout oh. history. It's pretty cool. Oh, that's Richard Gear. Richard, Richard Gear. That's his name. Of course. Of course. Mr. 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 Gear. Yes. Joe Burton's was screaming at the at the screen just now. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh, that's I I couldn't even imagine like oh god like living like the fake biography about yourself oh no like that and then he had to make an appearance oh that's insane yeah. bonkers um a few plane facts for you okay um about some some of the planes that were were in in the in the movie so the the Hughes H one racer which is the one. The the when he crashed into the beet field. Yeah, the one he sets the uh, airspeed record with. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, the original is in the Smithsonian Air uh, National Air and Space Museum, yep. which is very cool, and I need to go back to it, uh, especially because I've had my plane phase since being there last time. Um, your plane phase. Your plane phase. Does everyone not go through a plane phase? Uh. Every time I bring up my plane phase, it's like I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not go through a phase where you tracked every single plane that you saw and was like, oh, this is where that plane's gone? Did, no. did you, you didn't have, do you have a favorite plane? Um, I might, I would have to think about it a little bit. I do know several planes. I would have to think about it, but I don't have a specific favorite plane. No. What's your favorite plane? See, mine, mine has always been, uh, it is the biggest commercial uh, jet, the Airbus A380. I, I I just really like the plane. It's a big plane, double decker plane. You plane. Know? This movie has a big plane. This movie got a big plane. <laughs> Until 2019, it was the biggest plane ever built. Oh shit! I didn't realize that. Holy, what? Oh, I wonder. Oh, it's the one that took it over. Was was it the one that like? Let me look. It like has. It looks. It looks like an animal, sort of. Um, <laughs> with if I'm imagining <laughs> what I'm thinking of. I can't believe I still can't believe that it was all wood, and it. <sighs> the scaled composite Stratolaunch aircraft built by Stratolaunch Systems to carry air launch to orbit rockets. Oh, never mind. This big is big ass plane. This is not the plane that I was thinking of, but I do remember this plane. This is a double plane. This is the connected double plane. This is like what you make out of Legos. <laughs> you got two sets, you just connect. Holy shit. Dude, planes are crazy. How do they stay up? Oh, so so I don't... It was the the largest wingspan of any aircraft. So oh, I, don't, I see. Like, depending on how you size out aircrafts, I'm not... Mm -hmm. You're more familiar than me. <laughs> but yeah, the, the H-4 Hercules had the, the, the largest wingspan of any aircraft until this one in 2019. Oh. <gasps> Wow. Huh. 
Um, you can see the the airplane, the the Hercules, in the Evergreen Aviation Museum in Oregon. Fun. Yeah, I went after this. Um, after this movie, I went and read about the um, the Durham old system the, mm-hmm. that they use to make the wood to build the plane and stuff. Mm-hmm. Pretty neat. Pretty neat. <laughs> pretty neat. I like pretty neat things. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and you can also see the uh, the con- one of the constellations, the Lockheed Constellations, mm-hmm. National Airline History Museum in Kansas City, Missouri, which was TWA's former home base. So let's go take... Okay, hear me out. Hear me out here. Okay. okay. We go on our Buffett tour at the same time. We go on a plane tour. We go to all the, the air and space museums and see all That's those... That's a lot. That's a lot. Okay, we go to a number of air and space museums. When I, well, I, okay. We have a friend who works at an air and space museum. <gasps> Eric! <gasps> Eric does, yeah. I've been meaning to go down there and see uh, Eric's museum because it's very cool. And it, I love seeing his pictures on Twitter every time. Yeah. They're amazing. The, the museum is built in a former aircraft carrier That's from so World cool. War II. It's, yeah, it's very, very cool. I want to go down there and check that out. Um, I would really like to go see the Spruce Goose. Yeah. Um, it's a very cool plane. <laughs> well, I think when, uh, the hangar that they built it in was like the same place where they built the Titanic. Really? Yeah. Something along those lines. I may... Yeah. I, I believe that's... I, I definitely know Spruce Goose and the Titanic were built at least in the same hangar. I don't know if it was the one for the movie. But I think... Some point the two were in the same hangar. <laughs> they don't really show the construction of the spruce goose in the movie. Um, okay, they so mostly they spruce. mostly fo- focus on the uh, what the LX eleven. That's the mm. one you see when they're working on it. They're building mm. um, or the the so XF eleven. Um, but yeah, super. It it only ever flew once. This big ass plane <laughs> that they built. It flew one time. <sighs> Planes are cool. Love planes. Planes are pretty cool. Planes are cool. I like. Um, I, I flew. I flew for the first time th- this if in ten years this year. Let me tell you what. I love taking off and landing. That is wild. Yeah, planes. Planes are weird. Planes are weird. They go so fast. They go for- really, really fast. Doesn't really feel like you're going that fast. But also, just like the way that they like, especially like jet engines. The way they figured out like how to. To, to, to just, like, put air over a wing and let it go in the air. It's yeah. just, it's weird. Science is crazy. Science do be crazy. Science do be crazy. How, I just don't get it, but I'm here for it. It's it's a fun time. Um, But yes, um, to, to transition um, into our possibly our thoughts, um, I do have time to plane. Um, time to when we see the first plane in the, in the movie. <laughs> time to plane, okay. <laughs> time to plane. Uh, two minutes, 36 seconds. They get so. into the planes real quick. Yeah, yeah. Who would have thought with the aviator? Um. <laughs> well, that is actually one thing that I took away watching the movie this time was I was like, they really focused in on Howard Hughes as the airplane guy. Mm-hmm. And like, as a, as a dude who did a whole bunch of stuff in his life, I I really wondered why they decided to focus on the aviation stuff. Mm-hmm. Cuz like cuz I I remembered this movie being like 
half about making movies, him doing the movie stuff, and then half about planes. And then I realized that they really skip over most of his film career. Like, they mm-hmm. almost don't even talk about Scarface, which is arguably his most influential film. Yeah, that's what... I was reading through a bit of his Wikipedia um, here and there. And yeah, I, I was... There was like a, and I was sort of reading it along with the movie, and I was like, "Oh, I'm excited to see how th- this bit." And it just wasn't, wasn't. wasn't yeah, they they pretty much just focus on the plane stuff. Yeah, well, planes are cool. Planes are planes are very cool. <laughs> what? Okay, so so Howard, how Howard Hughes, um, so planes, movies, and that that is what he did. Planes and movies. I mean, he he was also just like generally a business. Like they they business leave guy. out all of his like business mm-hmm. stuff from the movie. Like, um, he he's the first American billionaire. Like, oh shit! Oh, I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah, he was extremely <laughs> successful in his business endeavors, <laughs> which is it's weird. This movie constantly like puts like like this like financial pressure mm-hmm. about Howard Hughes about how he's losing all this money and he's putting all his money into these planes and stuff. But like, no, like throughout this entire time, like he, he became the first American billionaire, which is essentially like he was the first billionaire who didn't do it through like royalty, essentially. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I, th- I think that might be why it surprised me because the movie focused on like, Oh, he's going to lose however many much money every day. Cause the planes aren't doing anything. Cause the clouds, um, yeah, um, you know, I I will say with this with this spy color technique tech technique thing, everyone has such pretty eyes. Like <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio's eyes are so pretty yeah. in this because they just pop. They're yeah. so pretty. Um, somebody else had really nice eyes too. I don't. I can't remember who else. They're pretty. They're so pretty. Um. <laughs> um. Okay, so before I realized it was a, a, a very bad crash scene when he did the XF-11. Um, pre-crash, pre-crash, pre-anything going bad. That could have been the intro to Wings. <laughs> with, the, with the nice uh, music in the background and the plane stuff. And then it, <laughs> t- it took a turn yeah. for the Yeah, no, it's... It's a gnarly crash. It is. I didn't realize that. And I, I this is going to be a weird sentence to say. I like looking into aircraft disasters. Um, I never heard about that. I never, unless I just it completely slipped my mind. But like, I don't remember watching uh, an air disasters on it or anything. So I don't uh, think they've talked about it on Black Box Down either, which is actually mm-hmm. like a, it's a pretty interesting story because the movie leaves it out. It was 100% Howard's fault that he crashed that plane. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, um, essentially, like, so the, it was it was a test flight of the XF-11. Mm-hmm. The, the, Arm, the Army Air Corps designated that it would be specifically a 45-minute flight. Right. Like, hard cap, 45 minutes, and that the landing gear would be locked the entire time. Mm-hmm. Howard didn't talk to any mechanics or engineers before he got into the plane, filled the plane up, the full tank ignored the flight plan and just like took off immediately retracted the landing gear oh. and then tried to do a full extension because that would be like a, um, essentially like that would be like a, a further test of the plane that like the landing gear and all that stuff worked. Um, 
the landing gear retracting and coming back and forth became like a problem because they nobody was ever planning for the landing gear to get retracted. So they didn't test any of the like the signals about whether or not it would retract or not. So he began like he like he like turned around basically to try to get confirmation that his landing gear was making a full, you know, retraction and like um, came back out. When he came back around, the plane that was tailing him from the army was like, okay, he went up, he did the thing, he came back around, we're taken off. He did the full test, we're taken off. He like flew for like an hour and a half to two hours trying to get the the landing gear to like work. Oh my God. For what was supposed to be a 45 minute flight. Oh the, no. If you talk to the engineers he would have known that there was an oil leak on one of the, like the propellers that wasn't supposed to be a problem because the plane was only supposed to be in the air for 45 minutes. So it leaking oil for 45 minutes wouldn't have been a problem. It leaking oil for two hours, really big problem. So yeah, the, the propeller failed and he crashed the plane. Like it was literally the entire thing. If he had just like went with the flight plan that he was supposed to, not a problem at all. It was entirely his fault that the plane crashed. Oh my god! <gasps> ah! Yeah. And he survived. I he survived. Yeah, it's insane that he survived. Like they run through all of his injuries in the movie and stuff. Like insane that he survived the crash. Yeah, like I, I, literally, his heart was pushed into the other side uh, of his chest. Ah. Uh, he, yeah, he survived, and Goose from Top Gun didn't. That is right? bullshit. That <laughs> is, I. Oh my god. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, and then, like the movie doesn't the movie doesn't mention it, but I I honestly think that they should have. Which is like, following this crash, uh, he became addicted to codeine afterwards because oh, his really? body. Yeah, this. I mean, this combined with. Other crashes, like he had he had crashed the um, the Hughes racer before, mm-hmm. and like like his body was just like totally messed up from this crash. Like so, he was he was addicted to codeine for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Jeez, how how did he die? Was it? Um, I th- I I don't know. Like he died, I think in the late seventies. Like he lived to be pretty old. I think eventually, like he just. I mean, natural causes, but I would imagine it was probably involved with, you know, his his body was kind of a mess at that point. Let's see. I'll look it up. Um, other things you got to talk about? Uh, the, I mean, those are those are those are my 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 four my four four little little points. I mean, obviously, it's a final of little planes. So this was I was just um, I was really. Real way too into to seeing all the all the planes and like how you know TWA versus Pan Am and um just uh, kidney that. failure kidney failure that'll kidney get kidney failure he did die on a plane he d- <gasps> yeah oh how that's scary he was uh he had left his hotel in Las Vegas for a hospital in Houston oh for the kidney failure. Or, I would imagine so, yeah. Or I mean, or there's a chance that like they, they essentially because he's from Texas, so mm. perhaps they knew he was, yeah, he was buried in Houston next to his parents. So it's probably like he's dying. 
Get him, get him where he's supposed to be. Yeah. But oh, jeez. Um. Oof. Yeah. yeah, The kidneys, kidneys will get you. Yeah, died in 1976. 76. What a year that was. Do you you know what Rush album came out that year? Uh, was that 2112? It was 2112. April 1st, 1976. Wow. <laughs> April 5th, 1976. Howard Hughes died. Wow. Oh, he lived long enough to listen to 2112. That's what happened. He listened to he listened to 2112. So so this is actually like a crazy story about his death, which is um this is from the Wikipedia. In an 18-month study investigating Hughes's drug abuse from the estate, it was found, quote, someone administered a deadly injection of painkillers to a comatose man. Obviously, needlessly, and almost certainly fatal. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so he he like listened to twenty one twelve, went into a coma. The album was just too much for him. It's, it's too much for a lot of it. It's it's, it's <laughs> that that twenty and a half minute song will that'll that'll right knock you right. It, it was too much too much for. I mean, he was he was very old at the time. He <laughs> was. He was. Didn't have the, yeah, it's, yeah, it happens to the best of us. Um, what are, I want to hear about your thoughts about with this movie. Um, I, I like this movie less this time that I watched it than I initially. Initially, I thought that this was arguably Martin Scorsese's best movie. I thought it was really good, a really big epic about this guy. Um, now watching it, I think it's got some problems. One major problem that I think the movie has, and I'll get to it in a second. Um, I thought the first time that I watched it too, and really confirmed it for me this time. Um, I think that um, the the best thing that the movie does is the um, the portrayal of the obsessive compulsive disorder that Howard mm-hmm. Hughes had. And the way that, like, really what this movie does is it takes you up until the point where the OCD completely took over his life, right? Mm-hmm. I think it does that progressive buildup over time. Like, you see the ticks mm-hmm. throughout the movie and you see how they build up to the point where he um, he starts repeating himself a bunch. And, of course, the movie ends, the gr- really, really great ending of the movie mm-hmm. where he can't, he can't stop repeating the way of the future. Right. Um, but I think that the movie portrays Howard Hughes a bit too sympathetically. And I, I get that why they wanted to do it because they're focusing on the mental health aspect of it. And like, it's, it's weird because like you and I don't really have any touchstones for who, who Howard Hughes is, but like, like my grandmother, like that generation stuff, Howard Hughes was like a massive celebrity. Mm-hmm. And like into the 70s, into his death and stuff, like Howard Hughes being this wacko who lived in a Las Vegas hotel, like that was like a common like thing, like a joke that would be on like SNL and stuff. So part of this, what part of what this movie is trying to do is trying to like dispel the myth about like, he wasn't just this like rich, crazy dude. Like he had a disease and it was, it was really, he had a really tough life with the disease and stuff like that. But Howard Hughes was kind of a bad dude. Oh. 
like uh, this this movie leaves out a lot of the unfavorable things about Howard Hughes. Um, and like, I think if you were making this movie today, making a movie about the first American billionaire in 2022, I think has a different connotation than it did in the early 2000s. Like we think of billionaires differently now. And like, they don't talk about how incredibly anti-communist Howard Hughes was. Mm. Like it gets brought up in like one scene and it's almost like it's when he's blackmailing that reporter. Yeah. And that scene is like him doing like what the movie portrays is like a a heroic thing. Mm -hmm. The movie doesn't show him buying RKO pictures and firing every actor who was a communist. Uh, like Howard Hughes was incredibly instrumental in the Red Scare in Hollywood. He's one of the, the major pushers of it and stuff. Like he wasn't a super good dude. Um, so that 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 those elements of the movie don't age well. And I think if they made it today, they would make it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest mistake that the movie makes, though, is that um, despite how good Leonardo DiCaprio's performance is in this movie and it's fantastic like his him doing the ticks and howard's like the progression of the ocd he does it so well it's really really great but he's so young in this movie yeah and he looks so young that it really betrays how big of an era this movie takes place over like mckenna do you know like how long like this movie takes place over um if I hadn't looked it up afterwards, no, I would have had no idea. Yeah. it It's 20 years. Yeah. Like, the beginning of the filming of Hell's Angels was in 1927. The Spruce Goose flew in 1947. Yeah. At the end of this movie, it honest like, he looks like he's aged, like, two years. Yeah, like, he cuts his hair and, it, oh, we're back to 20. Yeah. Like, if you go look up video of Howard Hughes testifying before Congress, he's really old. Like... Yeah, it it that that's I think probably the worst element of the movie, which is that just they they somehow didn't make Leonardo DiCaprio look like he aged at all during this movie. Mm-hmm. He just grows a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's well I, I remember even thinking like, oh, his voice in particular sounds so so young. I don't know how else to describe it. Like it, it doesn't Yeah. Um and also like, I looked up the ages of, like, uh, Catherine Hepburn and Howard Hughes, and Howard Hughes is t- two years older, but Kate Blanchett is, like, five or six years older than Leonardo DiCaprio. And it, I don't know, she looks a little bit older than... She she does look much older than him. Yeah, but... It's one of the things, like, Leonardo DiCaprio wasn't that young when he made this right. movie, but he looked so young for so long. Mm-hmm. Like, he honestly, he looks like he's in his 20s in this movie. He's not in his 20s in this movie? Is he not? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this it came out in 2004. Like, he had to have been in his 30s, right? Oh, he must. Yeah. He, yeah. He would have been 30. Yeah. He looks like he's in, like, he, <laughs> yeah. he looks like he's, like, 23. Yeah. He looks like he's right off the set of the Titanic. That's what I, oh, my God. Yeah, that was, was what, seven years? Oh, no. Yeah. And what's what sucks is like he aged into the role so far. Like if they could go back and reshoot Leonardo DiCaprio now for those scenes, he would look so good <laughs> as Howard Hughes. But yeah, it's it's 
it it really makes the film feel small, even though it's uh, it it's a twenty year epic. Like it's, right. yeah, it's this three hour movie, but it, it honestly feels like it covers like five years of his life. Yeah, yeah. Just do, do some uh, pickups eighteen years later. It's fine. Yeah, redo it. Re- just redo, redo the movie. Yeah, redo. You don't even have to do the whole movie. Just redo the latter half. Or fine. Yeah, yeah. It's- just just like from when he like. When he locks himself in the theater on, yeah. just reshoot those scenes. Exactly. You could you could easily because the the beard covers up a lot. He's got the long hair. You could easily edit that in a way. Yeah. It's it, and you it? you know I think a lot of the the things because Scorsese's fucking crushing it in this movie. <laughs> He's doing such a bang up job in this movie. It's insane. Like. The the scene of Howard Hughes locked in the theater is so well shot with like the lights pouring in and stuff. The um the like making sure that like they show Hell's Angels, they show the jazz singer and stuff, all the film stuff, because mm-hmm. that's what Scorsese's the best at is, you know, he's such a big film nerd and stuff. Like and and yeah, and then like dedicating like how the going in the bicolor into the tricolor stuff, like Scorsese just fucking nailed this movie. But like, I think that if he was brought onto the process earlier in the film, this would have been a better film because initially this wasn't supposed to be Scorsese's film. Oh, DiCaprio developed this film with the idea of having Michael Mann direct it. Oh, but get out. And like, it took like, it had been like 10, 15 years of different people trying to make a Howard Hughes movie happen. Mm hmm. And eventually DiCaprio is the one who like commissioned the script to be written and stuff. This was like, this was DiCaprio's film essentially. Um, And when uh, Michael Mann walked to do um, Ali, Mm -hmm. um, DiCaprio had just worked with uh, Scorsese on Gangs of New York. And so he asked him to do it. And yeah, I think that if this was, if Scorsese had been involved from like the script, stage i think this probably would have turned out better but it's still it's a really really good movie mm-hmm. yeah this is um i i i don't i i really i don't know i i mm-hmm. let me see if i can figure out how words work for a second um i i <laughs> well we'll get through the sentence <laughs> we'll figure it out we'll figure out what i'm trying to say um I, I think I really liked it because it was somebody in history, it's especially in aviation, who I didn't know a ton about. So getting to see those planes, and also just had, he did planes and movies. Like, holy shit. Um, and just, I mean, obviously, like you said, left left a lot out of his life, but the laying that groundwork for me because uh, I will go down the Wikipedia rabbit hole and go down, I'm sure a million other Howard Hughes rabbit holes. Um, hell, I mean, it's already got me a Jeopardy clue. Um, there's, there's a Howard Hughes Jeopardy clue. So, you know, we're, we're already, what, to say, I think it was a $600 clue. Well, it was a daily double, but you know, uh, however, a lot of money. Um, but, you know, I, I really, I had a good time and like a, a freaking I, I I still can't get over the, the coloring of, of this movie, um, really? especially just just like learning about coloring and editing like over the summer and then getting to say, oh, holy oh, I loved it. I loved it. It was I think so. 
super smart, very well done, um, and just progressing with them. So good. So good. Um, Martin Scorsese. What, what else has he done? What, what, what else has okay, he done? Okay, his, his big ones are Raging Bull, um, Goodfellas, Casino, The Wolf of Wall Street. Um, he's, he's made... He's made a lot of movies. Did he do Shutter Island? Yes. I've seen that one. Shutter Island's pretty good. Um, the Color of Money, which is a movie I really like. It's it's, but it's not like that great. Mm-hmm. Um, he's made. He's just made. Like, let's see how many movies. Because I know he's made like a <laughs> bunch of fucking. I mean, uh, Taxi Driver. Uh-huh. Um, he's directed twenty five full length films. Oh my god! Last Temptation of Christ. Cape Fear, which is a banger. Uh, Gangs of New York, The Departed, uh, Hugo. Oh, we watched that in French class in sixth grade. There's Hugo? A fact for you. Yeah, that was pretty good. I've never seen Hugo, but I've heard it's very good. I remember the book in the library. At the time, it was like the biggest book I'd ever seen, but most of it were pictures. Um, I never read it, though. I had, I had a few friends who read it, but uh, yeah, we watched the movie. Yeah, he's... He's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's pretty decent. Yeah, he's pretty decent. <laughs> I, I hope how old is he how old how old is, is Mr. Scorsese? He's gotta be like ninety. What? Oh no, seventy-nine. So, so holy moly. I was gonna say because how old's fucking Clint Eastwood? Oh. I thought because I thought Clint Eastwood was in like his nineties. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Scorsese, man. Scorsese, yeah, so he, I, he I was, yeah, Clint Eastwood's 92. Clint Eastwood's that much older than Scorsese? Well, that's crazy. Huh. Scorsese has been, 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 uh, apparently, his movies, very pivotal moments of my life. Well, not very pivotal. Oh, <laughs> no, yeah. No, when you saw Goodfellas, pivotal so, moment. So, life. you know, you got, you got sixth grade French class, uh, yeah. senior year English, and the first, <laughs> the second date with Spider-Man. <laughs> Very, very, very pivotal yeah. moments in my life. And now with the aviator getting you a Jeopardy clue. The, uh, yes. <laughs> the four the four pivotal moments in my life that I look back on every day. <laughs> and Martin Scorsese was there for all of them. Marty was there for all of them. Um, I do plan on Wolf of Wall Street on Amazon Prime. So I'll watch that soon. He's He's got a lot of bangers. Um, yeah. I have... The Criterion edition of Raging Bull in 4K. That movie's pretty sweet. Raging Bull. I don't know. Is that? Hmm. It's not going to be what I think it's about. What is Raging Bull about? It's a boxing movie. Okay. Yeah, definitely not what I was thinking. About it. It's, it's like a based on a true story boxing movie. It's a pretty, pretty hmm. good movie. Hmm. Interesting. A lot of, a lot of, 1980, a lot of boxing movies around that time, yeah? Yeah, Rocky. That's the only boxing movie. Rocky was like seventies, right? Seventy. Oh yeah, I suppose. Yeah, late seventies, and then 70s. like the the Rocky sequels, eighties. Yeah. yeah, Philadelphia. Do they all take place in Philadelphia? No, is- Raging Bulls in New York, I think. Yeah, East Coast, Best Coast. <laughs> no, West Coast, Best Coast. <laughs> uh, here we are. We have hosses over here. We we also have buffets in the West Coast. <laughs> you don't have bosses. Oh, uh, the Tony salad update. Now oh, that I've okay. um, expertly, not expertly stuck in horses. Um, 
Tony said, it says, follow up the question that I, I brought up, that I texted Tony in the middle of the episode about, for those who may not <laughs> remember, is the Tony salad everlasting? As in, will he be eating it 10 years from now? Um, and he said, 100%. Um, and then uh, I brought up, you know, potential reaching out for a hostage sponsorship response. Um, and he said, uh, if, if, if we get it, he, he's coming along. <laughs> so now, now I'll say this. Mm-hmm. I didn't specifically ask if he was still going to be eating Tony salad. <laughs> what, wait, what, what was I supposed to ask? Will he still be calling it Tony salad <laughs> in his forties? Will he still be calling it the Tony salad? Oh yeah, uh, no, I can answer that for him. Yeah, <laughs> um, this, <laughs> um, Tony salad. I'm oh, I might be having one next week. Ooh, having a Tony salad. I might be having a Tony salad. Um, which I would like to clarify because listener of the show, uh, Robbie, who is my friend from high school. He texted me and said, isn't that just a chef salad? <laughs> no, it is no, not. No, it's not a chef salad. Exactly. There's no egg. There's yeah. no... It has to be ham cubes. You can't throw in turkey or chicken. It's not... There's no tomatoes. There's no cucumbers. Yeah, I was going to say, I've, I've, I've had a chef salad quite a few times. Chef salad, yeah, you're getting all kinds of stuff on a chef salad. Yeah, exactly. There we go. Not a, not a Tony salad. It is... Um, that is my, I, I still haven't heard back from Hosses. It's, I emailed yeah, we'll, them we'll, earlier. We'll, we'll wait on that one. We'll, we'll, you know, that might take them a while. I don't know if they have a specific department for like podcast sponsorships, you know? Yeah, no, I just had to send it to their comments at Hosses.com. So <laughs> I, I mean, I got an automated response that said they'll, they'll get back to me with a, hold on, I'll, well, I'll read you the. Uh, thank you for your email. A representative will be in contact with you soon. Okay. Vice president of operations. Oh, okay. response, but, I was going to say, you might want to dig into like the website and see if you can find out like who their marketing guy is. Yeah, I'll go on LinkedIn. I'll go find people. <laughs> so I, I have the uh, the Academy Awards for the year, uh, The Aviator. Oh, yes. yes. Got uh, nominated for all these awards. It had the most award uh, nominations that year. You know, Alan Alda got Best Supporting Actor. Really? He didn't win, but he got nominated for Best Supporting Actor in this. Alan Alda? Alan Alda? He, I, I, he was Good, but I I don't right? know if I would specifically put him as. Yeah, it's that's that's pretty crazy. Um, like especially compared to the best supporting actress from this movie being Kate Blanchett. <laughs> like, yeah, I I wonder I wonder if that was like, like sort of like an honoring thing of Alan Alda because, mm. like I I don't know what his career looked like in between this and like you know Mash. Right. If he had been, if he had been like working a lot, mm-hmm. but hmm. yeah, interesting. Who who did they lose out to for best picture? Million Dollar Baby won a lot of awards, and you know what? Have... That movie sucks. <laughs> Million Dollar Baby is that the one with the quiz show? It's a boxing. Oh, another boxing. What's the one with the quiz? Show? Quiz show. Quiz show. <laughs> No, there's something. There's there's another thing with the millionaire in it. I think Slumdog oh, Millionaire. Oh, Slumdog. <laughs> yeah, I get those mixed up. Th- there is there also a, a movie from that time called Quiz Show? Because I'm, I'm gonna go yeah. watch that. 
Have you, you not seen it. Quiz Show? No, I haven't seen Quiz Show. Is it about the Quiz Show scandals? Yes. Woo! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it stars um it stars uh Voldemort. <gasps> oh my god, I need what is this on? I need to watch Quiz Show. Oh my gosh. <gasps> Cause like that's I mean Oh my god, I need to watch this. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. John, um, the, um... Totoro. He was, he was in the Batman, and he was in Monk, and apparently he's in Quiz Show. And Martin yeah. Scorsese's in it! Oh, is he? <laughs> apparently. He plays, um, what is that, Martin Rittenhouse? Uh, Martin something. It doesn't Hank Ariza is in it. Hank Ariza's great. Martin Rittenholm. Um. Oh, yeah, Hank yeah. Ariza? Yeah. <gasps> oh, I need to see this movie. Yeah, it's about it's about when they were they were fixing the quiz shows. They were fixing the back in the fifties. Yeah, I mean that's. I'm thinking, however many history of electronic media classes always brings up the quiz shows. It's always you, know, you got to bring up the, the quiz show scandals. Because I mean that's how Jeopardy was born. Um, was from the quiz show scandals. Yep. Because like, what if they gave us the answers? Ooh, scandal. Or we gave them the answers they give us. Yeah, yeah, you got it. You know how Jeopardy works. Pyramid. Pyra- Ooh. That's that's. I think is that how Pyramid ended up falling off? Because like Pyramid was like the big <laughs> quiz show for like a right. long time. People used to be when people people used to go to the, quiz, the the pyramid all the time. People love the pyramid, you know. Yeah. Is that is that the is the pyramid the same as like twenty thousand dollar pyramid? And they just yeah stuff yeah. Well, okay. so like. The, the 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 number of the pyramid has changed throughout time. Like it gets like adjusted for inflation or whatever. Because like I think like there is like the sixty four hundred dollar pyramid or whatever. <laughs> so specific. Yeah. Is is the pyramid two 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 people right? Uh, I don't. I, I can't remember. Totally the no. Like I know the format of like the, how the clues work, but I don't remember how the. Yeah, so um, it looks like it's two people. Oh, hear me out. Let's go other. in the pyramid. The original series was the $10,000 pyramid. Okay. And then it was the new $25,000 pyramid. Oh. Then the $50,000 pyramid. Then the $100,000. Or is that is that still currently airing? Um no. Damn it. I, I know I know that I know pyramids like gone off and on the air. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, there's since 2016 to present there's a new I think it's just called pyramid now. Like pyramid. I don't think they put the money in the name yeah. of it. They were sick of rebranding it. Yeah. Oh, oh, dealer no deals on Amazon Prime. Um, interesting. Oh, shattered glass. Um, I'm just going through Amazon Prime at this point. Um, oh, yeah, L- love quiz shows. Shout out to quiz shows. They're just so good. We do like quiz shows, right? We do. Let me. I got a grape with Wheel of Fortune though. Really? I have. Well, okay. I have many grapes with Wheel of Fortune. Let me tell you about my newest gripe with Wheel of Fortune. Okay. They started their 40th season last week, okay? And they had this beautiful light-up XL wedge that if you landed on it, you would get, it would add an, um, it would, excuse me, it would replace an envelope in bonus land with more higher amount of money. It was beautiful. It lit up. It was a very nice wedge. Watch it this week. No light-up wedge. They had the light-up beautiful wedge for one week. 
outrageous. It's I'll, I'll tell you this. I watched I watched Wheel of Fortune a couple weeks ago because mm-hmm. it was on before Jeopardy, and I was going to watch Jeopardy that night. And like they did like like a mini game where it was like solving the puzzle, but they weren't spinning the wheel while they were doing it. It was like a different like little oh, mini the, game within um, it. Oh my gosh! The the it's not the triple toss up. It's the um it's the one where they do like if you get all three, it's ten thousand dollars or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But like they didn't explain the yeah because it's like it's like a crossword thing yeah and I was like I haven't seen Wheel of Fortune in a while what the <laughs> fuck is going on they didn't explain the rules or anything like they were just like look if you're watching Wheel of Fortune you're watching Wheel of Fortune okay you know what the fucking new games are That's like, they're how- throwing all kinds of gimmicks into Wheel of Fortune <laughs> they are I watched it for the first time last year in however many years and it is bizarre. They had yeah. They had a bunch of random new mini games. They took different wedges. Like they don't have the jackpot wedge anymore. They're changing graphics. Um, Pat Pat is still off the rails and out of his mind. But then uh, it's Pat Sajak. Um, it is. They're still again. They are still using the prize puzzle graphics from <laughs> apparently when the show started. <laughs> um. Uh, you know, we need to go back to a much simpler time when they gave away furniture on, on WAF. That oh, is... Yeah. They're still doing that on Prices Right, right? I think so, yeah. I think... I never understood Prices Right. There was... Like, like what aspect of it? All of it. There are too many mini games for me to remember. Yeah, there are a lot of mini games. You never know which one's going to show up. Yeah, and I, I wasn't like a, a very... I think I've seen maybe one or two full episodes of Prices Right. Um... And just a few like clips here and there. Um, and I just could never, I, I could never figure out that starting game when, you know, come on up, like that game thingy when the people do the thing and they guess the prices. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Oh, so, so, okay, okay. So I used to watch a lot of prices right back in the day. Because <laughs> I've, I've told this story before. My babysitter back in the day, Grandma Pat, big X Files fan. Shut up. Also, yes. Huge prices right now. <laughs> so we would we would be watching all the prices right all day. Mm-hmm. So the 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 initial show, right? So one, like you go into the audience of prices right. Yeah. You have to be ready to go on the prices right, because they're just <laughs> calling people out. We actually uh we my stepdad is related to somebody who was on prices right <gasps> before. Oh, get out. Yeah, she she won she won like a fucking like grandfather clock or some shit. Oh <laughs> yeah. fancy. Um like they call you up, right? You have three people there. And then they give you like an item. Right. And it's the closest to guess the price, closest without going over. Without going over. That's why there's the $1 strategy. Is that if the t- other two people, you think that they have both gone over the price, you bet $1. <gasps> you're the closest without going over. Okay. And then you go up further and you do the mini games. Yeah, so, and then the, the person who wins that, they get to go play one of the mini games. You get to spin the big old fucking yeah, wheel and shit. Yeah, that's they got those Chuck E. Cheese. Um, yeah. so do you only get to play one mini game, or like if you win, you get to keep going? So I, I believe the way that I believe the way that works is like you win your mini game, and then they do like they do like a final game with the people who've won. Mm. If I remember right. Mm. That's the game with Plinko. Yes. I love Plinko. There's, there's the Plinko one. There's Plinko. The, yeah, there's a bunch of other games. They play so many games on that show. They play crazy. so many games. Um, that, that's the one uh, Bob Barker and Drew Carey, yeah? Yes. Yeah, okay. Oh, Drew Carey? Whose line is it anyway? Another game with a lot of mini games, but I get those. Those are good. 
Yeah, but I mean, that's it's not a real game. <laughs> the rules are made up and the points don't matter. The points don't matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, God, I just, uh, game shows are just great. Quiz shows, game shows, game years. Are they still doing Hollywood Squares? Who are they? I hope so. Because Hollywood Squares was the shit. That's, um, I believe Alex Trebek. That was one of his, one of his first. Really? He was on Hollywood Squares? He, I think, hosted it for, like, that was one of the first games he hosted, I think. No, it wasn't. Oh, what did he, he did something with something. He did a a few, I'll figure this out. Hollywood Squares has, um, the best run of Hollywood Squares was the, the, uh, the episodes with uh, Paul Lind. Do you know who Paul Lind is? No. He's like a he's a com- comedian. I'm pretty. He's like a um, like he was like one of like the first like gay comedians or whatever. Mm, mm-hmm. Fucking hilarious on Hollywood Squares, just like ripping out the one liners or whatever. There's like um, it's like a when a man falls off a boat, they say man overboard. What do they say when a woman falls off the off the boat, Paul? Full steam ahead. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he would talk. He would like talk like that. And then he would laugh at all of his own jokes. Paul Lynn's the fucking best. Just go look up YouTube compilations of Paul Lynn on Hollywood squares. He's so funny. Uh, Alex Trebek has the, the bunch of shows. Wizard of Odds, High Rollers, Double Dare. I may even think of High Double Rollers. Dare. Jeopardy. Um, he did a pitfall battle stars. He did a bunch of stuff. $128,000 question, just to keep with our theme of um, mm. dollar noun. Um, yeah, Hollywood, I've, I've seen a few clips of Hollywood Squares. I think I've seen one with, with Jerry Seinfeld before, like mm. when he was first starting off. Um, I think, was Betty White on that pretty? I would have bet so, yeah. Yeah, Betty. Oh, Betty White. I, I, I think like the format of Hollywood Squares was there was a couple like regulars and then they would yeah. like rotate in like a big celebrity every now and then. Let's see here. When when did Hollywood Squares go off the air? Uh 04. Oh, 04. Oh, wow, so they tried to bring it back, huh? Yeah, 19 yeah. Nine, oh wow, it it Yeah, it ran for a while in 1998 to We should bring it back. We should bring it back. That's that's what we'll do. Okay, so hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. Buffet run? Plane run? Hollywood Squares. Hollywood Squares. That's that's where this all ends up with me and you on Hollywood Squares. (laughs) How many game shows can we get on? (laughs) That's how we we make our money. That's how we get the HBO Max credit card. (gasps) For the... (laughs) Wait, what was the thing we were going to buy? Wait. I don't five, even remember. It was, oh, the Memento Special Edition DVD. Right, yeah. <laughs> five dollars. It was like five bucks. Yeah, we need the credit card, company credit card for that. <laughs> company credit card. Do you think we can get it customized with the picture? I don't know. I just bought the Criterion Edition of House for Spooky Month today, so I could probably <laughs> afford the Memento DVD. <laughs> I thought, I forgot that House was also a movie, and I thought you... <laughs> television series yeah the entire the entire tv series house is in the criterion collection i was like oh my god i didn't know they did tv shows too oh um yeah spooky month um 
that's going to be very interesting. I can't wait to see how that goes. Yeah, we should let's introduce Spooky Month. Uh, for the for the month of October, we are going to be reviewing four spooktastic movies. Shocktober. Shocktober. Um, we we are doing. Um, I'm pulling up the graphic right now. Um, where is it? It's gonna be scary. Um, yeah, we're doing House, the and the the Japanese horror film Houseu or House. Uh, we're doing the Blair Witch Project, The Exorcist, and The Fly. Ooh, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Uh, I'm honestly I'm disappointed with HBO Max's uh, horror film category. Ooh. Um, these are all bangers. All four of these are bangers. House was going to be on this no matter what because House is a fucking wild ass oh, film. God. I can't wait to talk about House. <laughs> um, but like I was really hoping we could do like Alien or The Thing or a Ooh. couple of my my big favorite horror movies. Mm-hmm. Evil Dead Two is not on HBO Max anymore, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. And we are still sticking to the format. Damn it! <laughs> we will so stick these- to the format until they make us. Yep. So these are these are the ones we're doing. Uh, all four bangers. Mm-hmm. Um, we're starting off light. McKenna oh. probably won't be too scared by house. Okay, that's <laughs> I as McKenna. I am excited for that. House House is mostly a fun movie. Okay. Um, but, but when discussing, we were doing theme months, and I said, <laughs> okay, we're gonna start off with this, and then we're gonna do spooky month. McKenna. In Discord, sent me the message. Brandon, scare the shit out of me. <laughs> did I really? Yes, you did. So, um. Oh, no. Oh, I regret it. I'm going to check the date on that. I need, I need to see. I believe you were drunk. Yes, that's what I was going to check. <laughs> I was going to check about that. Uh, Blair Witch Project. I don't know how how scared you will be by Blair Witch Project. I, I find it a bit scary, but a lot of people don't. Um. The Exorcist might fuck you up. The Fly, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how we'll the Fly see. does. Because I don't find the Fly particularly scary. The Fly's gross is what it oh, is. Oh, no. Okay. Will my love for Jeff Goldblum, how, how will my Je- love for Jeff Goldblum? Oof. <laughs> Oof. Oh, man. Do you know anything about the Fly, McKenna? No. Okay, we're going to leave it that way. <laughs> oh, I'm nervous. Um, but it's apparently I told you to do your worst, so. Yep. But no, we're starting off with House, which will be a very fun way to start off Shocktober. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited because um, I don't have a very seasoned history with, with anything scary, so. Um, I mean, aside, I think I've seen two scary, technically horror movies, scary movies. So, uh, which ones? I've seen A Quiet Place and Silence of the Lambs. Okay. Oh, and The yeah. Shining, technically. So three. Yeah, The Shining's not scary. Shining made me mad, but we yeah. we know why. <laughs> we we I've, I think I've talked about. Yeah, that. we've 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 mentioned The Shining quite a few times on the yes. show. Yes. Um. 
there were there were quite a few movies I was hoping we were going to be able to do this month. Um, mm-hmm. Ouija is on HBO Max. Ouija two, the good one is not. <laughs> I really wanted to talk about Ouija 2. We can't do Ouija 2. We can't do Evil Dead 2. Ah, disappointing. Damn. Can't do Aliens. If, if in the time between now and any of these weeks, Evil Dead 2 randomly, because, okay, this happens, this happens so often with this show. This, this is another peek behind the curtain here, but we plan out these things and normally we'll do like, okay, we're going to try to find a director that we want to talk about or an actor we want to talk about or whatever. We were doing Christopher Nolan for film bro month. We just like, we, before we did anything else, deciding movies, we talked about the directors we wanted to do. Yep. Christopher Nolan was a lock for film bro month. Of course. I wanted to do inception. Inception (laughs) wasn't available. Guess what just got put on HBO max this week, McKenna inception inception. Inception, Of course. This is this, this happens all the time where there'll be a movie that I want to guest on for or whatever. And it's not on there. And as soon as we have them on, I see the movie on the just added section. They're fucking with us. Or the reverse will happen. Like with, with what happened with Mario when he was on the first time where his movie went off of HBO Max. Yeah, or, or with Kate where we wanted to yes. talk about and it got a week before she came on the show. Yeah, it's... Yeah. H- I, HBO stuff Max comes and goes on HBO Max so often. It's, yeah. We're going to abandon the format eventually. Oh, we're going to have to because it's, it's like, the name that they're going to switch it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Whatever. Um, the name of this show will not change though. Absolutely not. We refuse to not. Um, so HBO Max. So obviously HBO Max stands for Home Box Office Maximum. I'm going to wrap up the show in a second here, but I want to get your take on this. Um, what does our HBO Max stand for? Hmm. That's a good question. That's a really good question. I don't know. We love an acronym. We're gonna have to. <laughs> should should we come back next week with our own? Yeah, well, let's 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 take a week. Mm-hmm. Come up with some ideas, you and the audience. That that's what I want you to do. Yeah. <laughs> this week, what you're gonna comment in the comments on YouTube? Comment what you think our HBO <laughs> stands for. Yes. Um, and for legal reasons, it cannot be home box or office. <laughs> yeah, it can't be the home box office. No. Um, yes, uh, the, the YouTube, subscribe, to do the comment, and like, and turn the bell on, and please do all of the things. Tell people about it. Share um, share this episode with somebody. This share, is a fun one. I really this, enjoyed this episode. This is a fun one. Um, we, share last week's We week. barely talked about the movie this week. We spent a lot of time talking about planes. Spent a lot of time talking about other stuff. Quiz shows. Um, but you know, that's, that's HBO Max at this point. Yep. <laughs> it's, um, you come for half of a movie review, half of us <laughs> just talking. Like, this is this is just our regular conversations. Yep. Um, Brandon, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me at Jose Ruckus on the Instagram, on the Twitter, on the uh, TikTok. I always almost say Snapchat. You can't find me on Snapchat. Um, 
uh, they can subscribe to the Jose Ruckus Podcast Network on there. If you check out uh, my Twitter profile or anything like that, you can see that. We've got Pop Cultural Studies. We've got Bring the Ruckus, a Jose Ruckus Sports Podcast. We've got all kinds of stuff over there, so check those out. Woo! Um, You can find me on Twitter at Pottermans212. There's a link in my bio for other places you can find me, such as Simply Sassy or Instagram, if you want. Um, And you can also follow the show uh, on the Twitter at HBOMAKS. Same with and we already talked about YouTube stuff, but once again, subscribe, like, comment, share, notification bell. Um, and we're also on Anchor, where you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all of the things. I What's on HBOMax.com? I don't know. Because <laughs> we um, have HBOMax.com. We do have HBOMax.com. <laughs> it's nothing. I, it's nothing. Don't go there. Don't go to HBOMax.com. Um, I need I to. Think, I need to go and just like redirect that to the YouTube or something. <laughs> I think it. We may have had a link tree in the beginning, with like maybe two links. Yeah. I don't. But I don't think. Yeah, or maybe the anchor. I don't remember. Um, but yes, follow, share, um, go tell anybody and everybody because this is a show for the people. Yeah. Next week, we're going to be dipping our toe into Spooky Month just a bit. We have one more film bro movie to do. Yes. We're doing American Psycho. Yes, we're segway because we're very good at segways here. Mm-hmm. We plan that one out. Yes. <laughs> yes. Of course. Of course. Only the most planned things happen here. Um. Thank you for watching. Go fly a plane. <laughs>